Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study this evening. We pray your blessings upon us. Help us to learn the things that we need to learn. Mm. Help us to have clarity of thought and clarity of mind and help Cole and I to present these things in a way that people can understand and make it easy for them to understand. We thank you, Father, for the power of the word. We thank you for the preservation of the word that we can that it can uh, that it can take us into places where we can can't cannot go on our own. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for the for the way it cuts and, and divides and works. And we, we pray your blessings upon us as we as we glean through it. Thank you, Father. And thank you for your son. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to be in Numbers chapter 3. Uh, we're still in the arrangement and, of the And to let people know, we, we may skip some chapters from time to time. Oh you know, yeah, at least early on. Yeah, so so this isn't a a verse by verse exegetical study, and we, and we say it often. You know, we go about it, mm -hmm. we talk about it. So you know, there's a couple of things to understand as we're going through this, kind of like the ground rules for this study. Mm -hmm. This, e even though it does seem like we go verse by verse, this is not necessarily a no. verse by verse exegetical. We're study. trying for it not to be. Well, it's we're we're looking at the narrative, the story, mm -hmm. and what it means today, how it connects to Jesus, what it means today. They're fixing to leave. They're fixing. That's God's getting them ready for a mm -hmm. journey. Anytime yeah. you take a trip, whether you're going to the lake or whether you're going on vacation, you have time that you know. I know when we go when we when we went on cruises before, man, we were six months. We're preparing for six months. I may have my suitcase laid out for a month, packing it, unpacking it, trying to get it the most because you have a limited amount of space. Well, God's doing the same thing. He's getting them ready. For this journey they're going to go on. That's right. And 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 he's get, and he's getting them ready for not only that journey, that physical, but their spiritual journey as well. Well, and a lot of this are, are shadows, right? And yes, we, absolutely. We've seen this idea that the the Bible calls them shadows. It's like almost foreshadowing to a certain extent, talking about the church. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter ten. He says it in Romans chapter fifteen. You know, all of this stuff happened so that the church might learn. Yes. Right. It was the church according to Ephesians chapter one, that was in the mind of God before the formation of the world. Yeah. So all of this is stuff for us to learn from. Yeah. And what we're seeing and what we've seen so far is that first of all, God cares after you've entered, re-entered the presence of God, he cares about how we respond what, to that presence. What, what it's, it's a type and anti-type, you know, it's a, here's what's happening and here's what it's alluding to. Right. You know, this is what's going on. Here's the nation of Israel is significant 
pointing to the church today. And how is God working with his family? Because Israel is his family. That's right. The church today is his family. It's his kingdom. It's just, it, it's where he rules. And so when we learn things, we got to point out the things like here with the Levites. This is a priestly clan. It's a priestly tribe. That's they right. are priests. Why? Because they stepped up with Moses when Aaron built the calf. All right. And remember, Moses and Aaron are from the tribe of Levi. So, and let's and let's be really clear because sometimes people think that God has already like we're going to see Him kind of anoint and set aside the Levites for worship for service. God has not done that yet. Mm -mm. He didn't do that in Leviticus. What He did in Leviticus, what He was He set aside Aaron's family. Yes, He didn't set aside the Levites just no, yet. No. And so now here He will. This is getting codified. The Levites are not counted because of Dan. What you're talking about? They mm -hmm. stood by Moses. And they turned against, they and, stood and, by Moses and God and turned against everyone else at, at the Mount Sinai. And people need to remember, this is, this is Moses and Aaron's tribe. Okay? They are from the tribe of Levi. Right. Okay? These guys stood up with them in the, in, at the, at the, you know, when they built the calf and went through and butchered 3,000 of those, of their fellow countrymen. That's right. And God said, because you did this, I'm going to set you apart. He had only set apart Moses and Aaron well, and at that point. Even before that, you know, uh, Israel on his deathbed is prophesying about yes. Levite and S Simeon, how they're going to be absorbed more or less into the other tribes. That yeah. because of what happened in Genesis where they uh, killed, they slaughtered that whole town, you remember? Yes. They told that that ruler, uh, yeah. one of the rulers of, I think it was a Philistine town, mm -hmm. saw that their sister... This is in Genesis 30. They made them be, uh, be circumcised. Uh, circumcised and, then, yeah. and then when they were, when they were, couldn't move, right. then they went in and killed them all. Levi, Levite and Levi and Simeon went in there and slaughtered them all. Yeah. Right. And so he's, ever since then, right, it's kind of been, this has kind of been the prediction for these people. So they're going to be a tribe set aside. They're going to be set aside. It says priests. a lot about the sin and consequences, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot in the scriptures that I would say in the 21st century we're very uncomfortable with, especially in the Western world, right? The Western world has kind of idolized. They've kind of turned naturalism and rationalism and, and a rejection of the supernatural and all of that. Those things as spiritual, even into uh, into an idol, right? And so we're very uncomfortable with it. But many cultures around the world talk about the power of speaking over speak family curses, speaking into the lives of children, the importance and significance of naming children. I mean, it's just a fact. These things are there. Mm -hmm. um, and we see something like that in Genesis where, you know, the, the this generational kind of violence is played out over and over and, and, and over I again. I think what it does too is it, is it keeps us from really looking at the book and seeing what is it trying to tell us? We we come up yeah. with our own idea, our own criteria of what we're what we believe is normal and natural, and and we and we. Uh, well, for example, for example, place place you see it very often is with the uh, the 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 laws of cleanliness mm -hmm. that the Israelites had to do. Mm -hmm. I, I see it all the time. We try to naturalize those. Well, you know, they're not allowed to eat pork because of the worms and the pork and all these things. These people don't know how to cook pork. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. That's what we're saying? This is foolishness. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with any biological or natural reality. Mm -hmm. What it has to do with is God is saying, you're going to be distinct from these people. And this is how. Yeah. He's 
uh, he's disassociating his people from these things that had something to do with filth and death on a spiritual level, not on a and physical that's what, reality. And that's what he's level. doing. He's connecting, you know, pigs with filth and death. Exactly. And that's so spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they really are physically well, yeah. filthy, nasty. And Absolutely. people died from eating. Them. And you can't, they can't eat, for example, they're, they're, they're prohibited from eating shellfish, right? Yeah. And people are like, well, you know, that's because of these shellfish are dirty. Well, you think people didn't know that? You think people didn't understand that? What are shellfish? They're bottom feeders. I think, I think part of the problem here is, and part of it was, is he has to be so particular because these people were enslaved for 400 years. They, they have been Absolutely. isolated from, from the natural realm of stuff. Everything they knew, they knew from Egypt. And it was probably limited what they were being told and what they were being taught. And Egypt, I mean, and the spiritual significance of Egypt and what Egypt is and who their gods were and the, the spiritual battle that reigned out between God and the Egyptian gods in Egypt as, as God rescued his firstborn from the firstborn of the gods of Egypt because that would have been Pharaoh, right? Mm -hmm. So it's there's huge spiritual significance going on. And this is my point, right? My point is simply this. We have a tendency to want to naturalize these things. We have a tendency to want to bring them in to a philosophy that in the 21st century we agree with and divorce them from the reality of their own cultures and their own time and their own understanding. Well, you know, we shouldn't do that. This, this here, when you start looking at chapter three, this is telling us about this, this tribe of people. Right. This is what God's going to do with them. Okay. This is a this is a connection to God for the nation of Israel. Drill. That's yeah. he is he is going to use them as a jump off, as a goal between between him. Because only the Levites can do this. Only the Levites can do this. Only the you know he's going to talk about the co the Kohatites. The Kohatites want their job is to carry the ark. That's right. And if you they don't carry the ark, nobody carries the ark. Well, there's a guy later who who learns. What yeah, happens when Uzzah, we don't, yeah. He dies. He, he dies. He touches the ark and he immediately dies. But God is very specific. He tells him, you're going to carry the ark. Only you're going to carry the ark. Well, let's get into it. Okay. This is a Numbers chapter 3. This is the account of the family of Aaron and Moses. At the time, the Lord spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai. So they're still at Mount Sinai and they mm -hmm. will be until Numbers 11. Remember, he's arranging the camp. The names of the sons of Aaron were Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu. They died. When they entered into the most holy places in Numbers or in Leviticus chapter nine, yeah, Eleazar and Ithmar, those were the names of the of Aaron's sons, the anointed priests who were ordained to serve as priests. Nadab and Abihu, however, died before the Lord. See, there it is. Uh, when they made an offering with unauthorized fire before him in the desert of Sinai, they had no sons. So Eleazar and Ithmar served as priests during the lifetime of their father Aaron. The Lord said to Moses, bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron, the priest, to assist him. They are to perform duties for him and for the whole community at the tent of meeting by doing the work of the tabernacle. They are to take care of all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, fulfilling the obligations of the Israelites by doing the work of the tabernacle. So what is this? Well, think about what's going on. In the tabernacle is the entirety yes. of the tent. So there was an exterior tent. And then there was another tent inside. Mm -hmm. And remember what they're doing here. They're slaughtering animals inside this the perimeter of this tent mm -hmm. as sacrifices to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You ever cook a steak in your kitchen? Mm -hmm. In a hot pan and oil? Mm -hmm. What happens? Splatters everywhere. Splatters everywhere. Mm -hmm. So this is a messy operation. Mm -hmm. They're butchering animals inside this tent. They're taking the blood and splashing it up against the altar. They're cooking They're cooking all this, this meat all over the place. The Levites have to be able to eat in this tent as well. So if 
this this is an important job yeah. that they've got. Yeah. This is a constant cleaning, maintaining all of this stuff because you've got the entirety of the tribe of Israel. So all of the tribes coming in with offerings and sacrifices year round. And the significance is that uh, that that when when these people are confronted with the pro the the demand, the command of killing all these animals, and they walk into that outer court of that tabernacle on on worship day, every day, and they're gonna they're gonna see every day. They live in a desert. It's hot. It's filthy, and it stinks. If you've never been around a bunch of dead animals, they stink, and it smells. And that's all teaching them, this is the filthiness of sin. This is what it looks like. And I don't think we have an understanding of the filthiness of sin today. I think we just we just kind of get kind of bebop through life and figure out, hey, everything's going to be okay. God's got to love me. You know, and we don't understand the filthiness of it. We downplay the significance of sin. I think we do. I think, and you see that in preachers today. There are preachers out there right now, name brand preachers that don't want to talk about sin. They think, well, I think, I think our people are beat up enough. They don't need me beating them up from the pulpit. Are you kidding me? They're not beat up enough. They're living in sin. They're living in their in sin up to their eyeballs, and you don't want to talk about it. They need to. They need to hear about repentance. They need to be hear about consequences. They need to hear about judgment. Well, there's a, there's a difference between beating up the bride of Christ, right? I don't know about you, but somebody raises a hand to my wife, mm -hmm. they're gonna find out real quick mm -hmm. how bad it can get. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like people talking about my wife. Mm -hmm. I know you, you, we've talked about this, you know, it's not okay. No. I'm not okay with it. That's my wife. Mm -hmm. The bride is Jesus's wife. Yeah. But what you're talking about is good. When we talk about the realities of sin, the punishment that awaits those that refuse to repent, mm -hmm. the, 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 what's going to, it's not okay for Christians to live in sin. This isn't okay. Mm -hmm. It's not all right. Now we're not talking about struggling and failing, mm -hmm. right? We're not talking about those Christians who are, are trying and failing and struggling against. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Christians who say, well, this is what I'm going to do. And God's well, going to be okay. If with these it. priests, cause that's what they're going to be a nation right. of priests. If these priests decide one day, all in unison, that we decided we're not going to offer sacrifice today. Make a difference what God said. We don't think you guys are that bad, and y'all really don't need this every day or every Sabbath day. So we're going to take a few of them off. And we're just going to decide, you know what? We we think we know better. What is God going to say? Well, when a, when a preacher today looks at a bunch of, of God's people and says, I decided that you don't need to hear about the sin in the world and the sin that may be in your life and the sin that is that is the consequence of is killing your family. I mean, so there's, like I said, there's a right way to address it and a wrong Absolutely. way. And to ignore it completely, to ignore sin, and we see this a lot, not only to ignore sin, but to tell them it's okay. Yeah. Hey, it's Pride Month this month, right? I bet you can get on YouTube and find a whole bunch of supposed preachers Standing up before their congregations, supposed pastors standing up before their congregations and telling them that homosexuality is okay. Yep. 
transgenderism seen is it, okay. Seen it a bunch of times. Already. Oh, God so, loves God loves all these people. Yeah, it's totally seen fine. It a bunch of times. You're right. God does love these people, and He sent His Son to the cross so to redeem these people. But there's an expectation, just like there was an expectation here. The expectation is you leave this stuff off. We're not talking about attraction. You know, attraction is something that can change. It's something that changes over time, according to the American Psychological Association and a study done by one of their chief doctors on this subject. Sexuality and attraction can change. It's malleable. It's not set in stone. It's not biological. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hear that. No. Oh, no, we don't want to hear that. What we want to hear is we want to hear that God is okay with my particular sin. And I don't care if, if you think that sin is disrespecting parents or if you think that sin is stealing or if you think that sin is homosexuality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's all sin before God. Yep. And the New Testament is very, very clear. And we've looked at these passages before. If you continue to live this lifestyle, if you continue to live in sin, Paul says in Romans 6, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. Mm -hmm. The expectation for God's people is to walk away from sin. And you're absolutely right. If a preacher refuses to get up and say that in the pulpit, they're wrong. Absolutely. It's not beaten up on the bride of Christ. This is the misunderstanding I was, I was alluding to. You're not beating up on the bride of Christ by telling them that there's a pit there and we can't walk into it. You're warning them and encouraging them at the same time. You're taking care of the bride's dress when you do that. We are, we are, we are charged to admonish the flock. Absolutely. You know, we are charged to, to do that. You know, and this is going to be a kingdom of priests that's going to have specific jobs, just like the kingdom of priests today have. That's we right. have a specific job to do. You know, you know, we, let, I want you to look at First Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 9. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, you see what he, he said, you are, and he's talking to Christians here. He said, you are God's chosen people. He, he said, he said, you're a royal priesthood. We're a priesthood. When we come to Christ and are washed by the blood, we become part of that priesthood, part of that, that significance of the tribe of Levi. We have job to do. And he said, the job is to declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. That's right. I have a job everywhere I go is to declare the praise of him. I can't do that at the at the bottom of a bottle. I can't do that in Look some... what it in, says in verse 11. Yep. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Yeah. I mean, well, it's I right can't, there. I can't declare the praise of him in some strange woman's bed. I can't. Nope. You know, I can't, I can't do that when I'm disrespecting my wife in front of my children. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do that when I'm when I'm allowing my wife to be disrespected in public. Whatever. I can't. I can't. If I'm involved in sin, you know, I can't declare the praise of Him who called me out of darkness because I'm tiptoeing back in the darkness that He called me out of. That's right. How in the world am I supposed to do that? So if you're watching this and you're trying to play both sides of the fence, you need to stop. Yeah. You're going to get hung up on top of the fence. What's going to happen? And God says, no, you got to be on one side. What did he tell him in, in Revelation? Say either be hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Well, and, and there's, look, understand what we're doing, mm -hmm. right? So God freed us. Sin, sin, especially in, in Paul's letters, 
He refer it's more than just an individual action you do. It's a spiritual power and authority. It is the power of sin, and the power of sin is enslavement, and death reigns. Death has a rulership through sin. And yeah. so what you're really doing when you sin is it's like you're supposed to be a priest dedicated to God, mm -hmm. right? And you're supposed to be doing all of these things. Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2, yep. we talked about this is your spiritual act, act of, worship. of worship. You're supposed to be renewing your mind. You're supposed to be putting him on more and more. And when we do that, when we're dedicated to Christ and we're living, we you know, walking with the spirit, we're increasing in love, joy, uh, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. When we're increasing in those things and we're serving our brothers and sisters. God is glorified yeah. because it's like we're priests working in a temple, yeah. right? And we're offering these beautiful sacrifices to God. That's Romans 12, I, 1 I, and 2. I want to, before I forget it, you said, you said death reigns mm -hmm. in, in the world of sin. Yeah. Uh, something like Look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, verse, uh, verse 10. He said, you have made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God, and they will reign. reign. On, doing what? Declaring the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his. We're reigning now. Yeah. We will reign again. Well, Ephesians so, 2 says that we are seated on the throne with Christ. We, we are reigning as yeah. we speak. That's what the kingdom is. It's where God's ruling and but where he think reigns. About it. Think about it. You're in the courtroom of God. Mm -hmm. You're in his courtroom. Yep. He's the king. Mm -hmm. And you're in there. And you're supposed to be seated on the throne with Christ. And then you start fornicating. Mm -hmm. And then you or you start committing adultery. Or you start chasing after foreign mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. Right? You start chasing after a woman who is not your wife. Or chasing after a woman that doesn't belong to you. Or you start chasing after the same sex. Or you start cutting yourself up, mutilating your body because doing you want to be, you want to be, a, oh yeah, you're doing drugs. Or you you want to be, hooked a, on, you're a boy who wants to be a girl, girl wants to be a boy. You get hooked on pain. What are you really doing? Think about the spiritual significance. Whatever the sin may be, disrespecting parents, disrespecting an eldership, whatever the sin may be, I don't care what it is, whatever the sin, you start engaging in that. What are you actually doing from on a spiritual level? What you're actually doing is you're taking yourself and the gifts that you're supposed to be offering on the altar of God to the true God and you're taking them away from him and you're going and you're offering sacrifices on the idols, uh, on the, on the altar of and, idols and, and demons happens, and death. What ha will happen to these e Levite priests who do that? I want, I want look at, look at the back at numbers three and, uh, you know, I know there's, there's a bunch of before this, but look at verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have taken the Levites from among the, among the Israelites in place of the first male offspring of every Israelite woman. The Levites are mine, for all the firstborn are mine. When I struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, I set apart for myself every firstborn in Israel, whether human or animal. They are to be mine. I am the Lord. How important was this to God? It's very important. How important you think deep, deep. Think about it. The Lamb of God, the sacrifice that God is going to offer on the altar of the cross, his own son, his firstborn. He is gonna he is gonna offer up for who all of us, and and we turn our back on him, and he says he said I have dedicated them to me, so when we come to him on his terms, when he tells us what we're supposed to do, this is why you know Revelation I mean Romans chapter fifteen verse four is in there it says it says through the patience come for the scriptures we might have hope, this gives me hope, if God is gonna treat these people like this well how's he gonna treat us? who have been washed by the blood of his son, not the blood of some some bull or some calf or, or some goat, 
but the blood of his son, who John the Baptist looks at him, sees him coming from a long ways off and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Aye. That's the sacrifice of God who takes away the sin of the world. The, sin, the sacrifice they're doing can take away sin for a moment, can make atonement for sin for a moment. That's it. Hebrews chapter 10 says the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. Well, and that was supposed to be the understanding. So Leviticus, think about Leviticus 16 for a second. We're talking about a high priest who's, what is he offering sin for again? But, but think, Cole, you're a, let's say you're a 35-year-old young man and you've just come out of, out of your whole life. You have been in bondage in Egypt. That's all you know. You understand any of this? You have a clue what this is talking about. You have no clue. You're going to have to grow into this. You have to I learn think, this. Well, I think I think they did get it. I think when you have think think about it when you're when you're sitting there offering this animal and you got to offer this animal every time every time you mess up, right? Oh, I and think I think you're right. And after, then there are some things that if you, I mean, think about it. There is no forgiveness for murder, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now Jesus is going to show up and he's going to say, "You've heard that it's been said from before, do not murder." He is not talking about what the law of Moses actually said. No. What he's talking about there is their understanding of it in the first century. Because when he refers to the law of Moses mm -hmm. in Matthew, he'll say, Moses says, or the law you, the law says, or the prophets say. It's not what he said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you have heard that it has been said. He's mm -hmm. referring to their rabbinic teaching in the first century. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, do not murder. I say unto you, what is the lawgiver for who Moses went up and heard, got the law from? What does he say? He says, don't even hate. That was the understanding they were supposed to have from the first century. Yeah. They, they didn't, they, they didn't they grab didn't. onto that. They no. rejected that. They wanted to just look at murder. So think about it. There is no redemption from murder. There is no redemption from hate. There is no redemption from these things in reality. And then you see at Leviticus 16, once a year, why does the high priest have to go and offer for sin again? He's offering for the for all the sins that you've been offering for all year. He's offering for it again. Yeah. And then he can't even exist in the presence of God. Because because they because the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away the sins. They got it. They understood that. I think after a while. The, it sinks in. This remember, this is only about a year, about a year in. Well, well, I, I think after a while it's gonna sink it's, it's in. It's gonna You're sink right. in. That's the point. Wait till they see, wait till they see some of the consequence. Well, and what does the Hebrew writer say? If Joshua had given them rest, there would not yet. Yeah. Well, rest from what? Rest from all of this work and rest from all of this horrible sin that just mounts up and mounts up and mounts up and mounts up. It's it's begging. The narrative there, there is, is a, they, begging there for is someone a rest to deal with coming. It. There is. It's absolutely. what Hebrews talks about. There's a rest coming. Well, and we have in the church today, we have a taste of it, but there's mm -hmm. more to come. Well, we have a taste of it through the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the Holy Spirit, because he says, he, he said the Holy Spirit is a down payment. Absolutely. He's an earnest, uh, earnest of our salvation, what the King James says. He's an well, earnest of our salvation. And this is another thing that's so con so often mis misunderstood. And it's when do we actually receive salvation? Mm -hmm. You just said we have a deposit. Mm -hmm. And well, anybody who knows anything about money knows you can lose the deposit. Yeah. When What is the salvation? It's salvation from death. Well, it, it talks about, he says it's an earnest of our salvation. It, and what it's alluding to is like an earnest money contract. You know, you bought a house. You're right. You know, if you'd say, I want that house. Well, okay, we've got other buyers. Well, here, how much do I have to put up? And you put up an earnest money contract. You, right. you sign an earnest money contract. Let's say it's $5,000. And then something happens in two days and you can't, you, you say, uh-oh, I can't. You lose, your, you lose the $5,000. But what is, so in that in that, that analogy, what I'm eventually receiving is the house. Yes. You're right. I can lose that earnest money, yeah. right? Okay. So let's come back to the scriptures for a second. Mm -hmm. 
We have a deposit that deposits Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. We don't have all. We don't have all of it yet. No. What is he guaranteeing, though? He's guaranteeing all of it. So, right, but what is that? Salvation from Sa what? Salvation from from this life, from sin, from the from death, from death. Yes, you're right. From death. Yeah. And what does Paul say in First Corinthians 15? The imperishable cannot inherit, right. or the perishable cannot, cannot inherit, inherit the, the imperishable. imperishable. We aren't. We don't have that full thing. We've got the deposit and of he's it. He's not talking about physical death, guys. We're talking about spiritual death. No. We're talking about physical death. Here. How do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. You're going to die. Mm -hmm. But what is our hope? That we will receive oh, resurrection. Oh, I, I, but that's, I'm talking, that's a, that's a spiritual, that's a spiritual. It is. It's all the same. You know, it's all the same. You know, you know, I mean, I, I'm still going to die. That's right. I'm going to yeah. die physically. But we have a My hope. My hope is, our hope through Christ is, is that, that because I'm a priest, that I will not stay dead. Because of the blood of Christ. Yeah. So what is the full picture of salvation? The full picture of salvation is resurrection. Mm -hmm. I don't have that yet. No. I can't have it until I die. And that's why Paul said he works out his own salvation with fear and trembling. Because because he knew he didn't have it yet. Run the and, race. Yeah, he run the race. You know, he said a, he said a runner beats his body, beats it in submission. So think, yeah. so think about what a very common thing that people are told all the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you're saved. Saved from what? Yeah. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. Yes, yes, we can confidently say mm -hmm. that we're going to have it. That mm -hmm. hope is not a I wish, it is a confident expectation, right? I, I have all that. And why? Because I have the Spirit, and the Spirit is guaranteeing this deposit. But when do I actually get it? When do I get the house? I have to die first. Mm -hmm. I have to die first. And then when he returns. When he returns. I'll be raised. Yeah. Now, those who are alive when he returns, Paul talks about that. Those who are alive when he returns will meet him in the sky. Yeah. We're going to be like him. We're going to have a body like yeah. him. This is all there, but there's a nuance. That's what all it. of this points to. All of it. It's not pointing to them to go into the promised land. It is, but it's not really pointing to that. It's pointing. It's for us to look at and say, uh-oh, now I understand why this is important. Why was the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross important? Because of this. That's right. This, all this pointed to it. This priesthood of Le Levites points to us. We are the priests of God. I remember the first time I was ever told that. And I'm going, that's not, uh, no, I'm not uh, a priest. I can't be a priest. I can't no. be a priest. No, I can't be a priest. I have to go to school. I have to be ordained. I can't be a priest. I had no idea what the scriptures I had no clue. So, guys, remember, if you want a connection with God, listen to God what God says to get it. Don't listen to some preacher. Don't listen to us. Listen to what God says. Go to the book and listen to what... what you... You... Absolutely. Do not listen to what we say. Get in the book and see for yourself. Get in the book and see for yourself. We've yeah. given you some scriptures. Go look and see if it was if it isn't Absolutely. pointing to us as being priests, pointing to the church as being priests. Look up where it talks about priests and see what it says. You know, I'm telling you. You know, we we worship on Sunday morning as a as a as a as a congregation of God's people who are priests in the kingdom of God, reigning on earth with Him and soon to reign with Him in heaven. There's going to come a point. This is really significant. We're going to see this because these Levites aren't going to be satisfied. No. With the job no. that God gives them. No, they won't. And it, it's and we'll pick up more. I mean, we're going to pick through this and pick out some of the some of the points that are there, and and we'll look at it and we'll move through it pretty quick. We've got to get to chapter eleven when they start moving, because they start we'll get moving. Get there one day, huh? We'll get there. We'll one get day. there. You know, seem like we do this one one half of a chapter a week. So you know, but anyway. Let's pray, guys. You know, and remember, remember, uh, God is very specific about salvation and oh, what yeah. he requires of it and what he requires of us and how he requires we get it 
and and who give it who gives it to us and what the payments are and what the cost is he's very specific get in the book we're going to try to keep bringing that to you but get in the book and see what it means and, and what he's what he requires of it as a lifestyle romans chapter 12 verse 2 do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind jesus said pick up your cross follow, follow me. me yep father in heaven thank you so much for this text thank you for the opportunity we've had to study it uh, we pray, Father, that you help us to realize what that means to us to be priest in your kingdom. Father, how significant that is and how important we are and how special we are to you. And we thank you for that relationship. We know that we, it comes because of Jesus. It couldn't come any other way. And we thank you for that, Father. Uh, help us to live a life that's worthy of what he's done for us and what you've provided for us, Father. Thank you. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.